94.7 Kumu Kokua, because Kumu cares. This is where every day we bring in one of Hawaii's leaders to talk to you about the issues you care about during the COVID-19 crisis. And uh, we have them answer your questions this morning for his Aloha Friday update. We welcome back the Lieutenant Governor Josh Green. Good morning, sir. Good morning. Aloha, everyone. Hello. <laughs> Good morning. <laughs> well, Lieutenant Governor, seems like a lot happens every time right before you have to call us. Uh, all kinds of stuff goes yeah. on. End of week excitement. Yeah, everything. I know. I know. So so, so what's been happening, I Lieutenant know, Governor? Right? What is it, What is top of mind for you right now? Well, the latest is we got to ask ourselves, what are we waiting for? The, the question has to be answered immediately. And I think you're going to get big answers today from the Gov. The... The clarity has to be there that we open and we open soon. We're now seeing collateral damage because we have done what we've described on previous shows, which has been extraordinary. So it's extraordinary because our listeners and everybody across the state stepped up, but put the, the interest of all of us ahead of it, personal interest. But now the reality comes home and we have to open up everything short of high risk businesses because we have almost no virus in our midst. We had zero cases yesterday. I've yet to see this morning's number. Mm-hmm. We have zero cases and we're now starting to see reports of tragedy out there. Not just economic tragedy, but human tragedy like the four suicides on Kauai. So mm-hmm. it has to open up. I'm expressing that in the strongest terms to our leadership and we have to have no ambiguity. There can't be confusion as we open up because confusion and uncertainty will lead to uh, setbacks. Mm-hmm. We also can't afford setbacks. We've got to get this open. The state has got to open. Now, I had heard a rumbling about those those suicides on Kauai. Are we seeing that that is a statewide phenomenon, that, 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 that kind of mental health concern? The, the number of people seeking mental health support is up. And the concerns are out there in the medical community as I've been tracking it. There's no doubt. But there's also this uh, this perverse, um, unfortunate uh, need to stay at home, even if you have serious health needs. And so that that complicates matters. But there's a lot of pent-up need. There's people, obviously, with extreme stresses on their lives because of economics and isolation. Mm-hmm. So, yes, it happens. And it there was always a higher rate of suicide on the neighbor islands. That's always been a problem that we've wrestled with. But now more than ever, we cannot we can't delay. We have to open up the state, and we've got to do it before the end of the month. Otherwise, we'll reach a point of no return where certain things will be lost for good, certain jobs, certain businesses, even certain lives. What you're saying now is we have reached that point. We have flattened the curve. We are seeing zero new cases a day, and uh, that's the point at which we have to open up, right? Yeah, and and I'm Mm -hmm. not saying that people have to go, you know, running around without masks. I'm saying that we have to open up people's lives to go and, and be at work and socially distance at work while we're still navigating this new world and be safe because we don't want to see a surge in cases. But it's very, very unlikely that we'll see a meaningful surge in cases because there's just not enough people out there with the virus in our Mm -hmm. state. Mm -hmm. We had zero cases yesterday, more people than ever have recovered. And, you know, the, the risk is now greatly outweighed by any indecision. So, I'm encouraging the governor in the strongest terms, and he is receptive, to make sure that he is he is in charge. I want to say this very clearly. Mayor Caldwell, you're not in charge. Other mayors, I respect you, but you have to follow the governor's overall protocol 
for the state because people will be confused. And if they're confused, we will have slip-ups, we will have delays. That doesn't help. It, it, it's hard enough already on people. It's not helpful. And I hope that um, he hears that loud and clear because we're killing people in the delays. Um, Lieutenant Governor, can you clarify? Now, you were saying a moment ago what's important to do is to, to reopen, you said, by the end of the month. Are you talk, You're talking specifically about the Kama'aina economy, right? Or are you talking about tourism? Yes. Now, let me be, yeah, very, very clear. The Kama'aina economy, the Kama'aina economy, mm-hmm. everything internal, mm-hmm. everything should be opened up by the end of the month. Honestly, this idea that we shouldn't have inter-island travel is not really based on science. I don't know what we're waiting for. We don't have cases to spread between the neighbor islands. But the truth is the internal economy must open. And if you have one date on one service on one island, for this, and then you have a different date for a, the same service on another, let's take uh, hair salons, right? Mm-hmm. People are going to be confused if you open hair salons on May 26th on Maui and then you get a different date on a different county. They will not know how to respond. They won't know if they're being treated unfairly. They'll think there's favoritism. People won't know what to do, and there'll be paralysis. And so that's why I come back to open the comma and economy, like you, asked, like you said, everything internally, clearly, and the governor can define this, you know, up short of the high-risk categories by the end of the month. If we do that, People will be clear what we can do, and it'll be easier for them to focus on, okay, but I still have to wear my mask. Okay, I still have to socially distance. You need to simplify this because it will be complex enough. Open the economy simply. That means things that aren't at high risk. You know, you're getting your nails done. You're getting your hair done. You're going to a socially distanced restaurant. All of these things people have had, believe me, more than enough time to think about as they've been laying low at home for now six weeks. And I'm not, and by the way, the tone of my voice is urgent because I see the actual carnage that occurs. For me, and it's easy for a lot of people who are still in their jobs to, to imagine that there's not so much urgency. But can you imagine, well, you know, how much urgency someone has if they've been away from their job for seven weeks and they're wondering, what am I gonna do? I was planning on sending my daughter off to college next year. What am I gonna do? I had only you know, $10,000 in the bank, and now I've got one. So these are not games. And, you know, when people are on bank boards and things like that, it makes me mad that they then play these games. And that's directed directly at the mayor. That's not cool. And we need to trust the gov right now and get this going. There's lots of extraordinary valuable work and great work that the mayor does Mm -hmm. and other mayors. But they have to know what their best role is. And the people need direct a singular leadership right now, in my opinion. 94.7 Kumu Kokua, because Kumu cares. Lieutenant Governor is uh, joining us <laughs> this morning. morning for Kumu Kokua. Yes. Uh, Lieutenant Governor, I just wanted to follow up on something that I that we heard uh, from Tina. Um, with, Yamaki. Yeah, yeah, Tina Yamaki, but also my brother-in-law. My brother-in-law owns a business, and uh, a lot of them are worried because for the last couple months, they haven't paid their rent. Um, and if we close down for another month or so, it's going to be the same exact issue. Uh, so what are we planning? What, what's going on uh, with government that's going to help these people out? They're all basically panicking. So is this kind of what you're yeah, saying? We, 
They are. That's what that's what I'm saying. So with each two week cycle, economically, people get that much more vulnerable, and and it doesn't just happen in in like a linear way. It go, it gets bigger and bigger bunches faster, and so that's why you're going to see much larger groups going from medium desperation to extreme red desperation, and we are going to have to we're going to have to definitely put some kind of order out to prevent any any sort of, um, you know, foreclosures on people. We're going to have to put out an order to prevent any sort of business evictions. In addition to, we already extended the home eviction uh, premise, and mm-hmm. and we're going to then, of course, have to find a way economically to make that work. So we're probably going to have to have a further bailout funds fund for individuals that own industrial properties or business properties. And so all of those things ha- happen uh, as dominoes. They become dominoes falling when we don't get open. Now, the best thing that we could possibly do for your your brother and others is to open the internal economy completely so that at least they can get enough revenue to survive. And then, of course, open intelligently the, you know, the state's tourism economy because that, you know, that will bring resource, actual money into the state outside of just this federal bailout, which... Federal bailout can be slow, and as you know, unemployment checks can be slow. So right. it's not, you know, it's not something people really want to rely on. And a lot of businesses don't even get them, of course, because yeah. they were, you know, independent. Well, the other thing too is uh, when we're talking about high risk, are you talking about high risk in terms of uh, nightclubs, bars, stuff like that as well? Yeah, big groups. Okay, so the to be clear, the difference, the distinction, and you'll hear this today, although. I have to tell you, the, the color-coded chart is cool, but it doesn't really, it's not easily accessible if you're just looking at it. Mm-hmm. The distinction is basically this. Low and medium risk are businesses, and that's almost everything, that do not involve large groups or large periods of contact with people. The things that are essentially the high risk, the, the high risk stuff that we will not be able to open by the end of the month are like, conventions, uh, large gatherings like the Ironman, as you saw that got moved to February 6th next year, uh, travel from the mainland where you have thousands of people coming in all at once. And I hate to say it because I am going to make a personal pitch to allow churches to open better for smaller groups. I think they should be allowed. But obviously, if you have 800 people in a, um, in a cathedral, it's difficult. But everything that's not a big group or lots of intense close contact like a very active bar is controllable. It's openable. People can do it with some decent social distancing. All of those things should be open. And people shouldn't have to be guessing, does my nail salon count versus hers? Does my small restaurant that I can socially distance count as compared to someone else's on a different island? We can't have that confusion, and we can't have another two weeks of economic devastation. But for now, let's just get the, the medium and low-risk stuff open, which low-risk is already going. But now, now, it just needs to be very clear. And I've asked the Gov to be clear as day so people can, can trust that he is on it, which he is on it. 
So in in that vein, then, can you talk about uh, you were alluding earlier to a big announcement that's supposed to come out today by the governor. And I think there has been some speculation about a color coded system uh, that is going to help the public understand uh, where we are in terms of risk. Can you kind of shed some light on that, on the color coding system? You'll, You'll hear a version of this. It's red if you if it's just too dangerous, meaning that the system is based on some analytics. For example, in order to be safe, you have to know that you have enough reserve in your healthcare system in case of a surge. But we have solved that problem right now. We have unbelievable capacity. So that, that has been handled. Then you have to know that you can uh, quickly contact, trace, and test a, a group of people if you get an outbreak or a scare. So again, that box has essentially been checked because we are, you know, constantly lighting a fire under the Department of Health. It's hard work to do, but the legislature has been adamant that we have to get toward the 30 per 100,000 standard that the CDC said. That's about 500 people, one way or another, able to trace and test. So that's the next thing. And then once you have those criteria met and you're able to handle whatever you bring online, you can move away from the red zone into orange, yellow, and green. Now, I think a lot of people are going to think that's a cluster, you know what, because they're going to look at it and be like, I see this color chart. It looks like a rainbow, like the Skittles commercial, but (laughs) what do I actually do? I am a, a hairdresser. What am I? So we need clear, clear guidance that if you fall into a category, we will just quickly inform you you're fine to open and that's the kind of clarity that we need and people are begging for. It also, we, we cannot allow single choke points that could become arbitrary to have a setback. It has to be clear that we have the capacity to continue on with a, a plan because there's always going to be, there'll be surprises. There'll be a couple days where we'll wake up and there's, you're used to seeing low single digits and we'll say there's 14 cases. But if there's, plenty of health care and there's plenty of access to ventilators and there's plenty of, of contact tracing and testing, that is the new normal. And we can't then have a reflex where we jerk back and, again, force people to go into a month-long quarantine. The only reason to do that would be an outbreak that we can't handle or contain. And I tell you, we're going to have certain risks when we have tourism resume. That's that's the big unknown. So right now, I don't see it as, see us as having a significant threat. We have to, you know, we have to make it clear. So they'll see that chart today, and um, it'll be something people have to acclimate to. But I don't want them to get too bogged down. I will be happy to translate what that means once it comes out. Just to help our listeners understand, if I'm understanding correctly, what you're saying is this red, orange, yellow, green system that the governor will be announcing today, it basically tells the public where we are in terms of viral load, where we are in terms of how prepared we are in case we have a surge. And then those levels also will tell the public what kinds of businesses would be open, what kinds of services would be available to them? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Okay, great. Um, moving forward with this with this wave of opening today with retail and shopping malls and uh, I think also uh, the you know some of the sports parks and courts opening up today. Um, do you have some concerns about that or you think we're ready for that? And then what can we expect down the line? Things like dining in uh, salons and so forth and also uh, getting on the beaches. 
Yeah, I'm not worried about any of that. As long as people, when they're out and about, wear their mask and socially distance, I'm not worried about any of it. Going to the park is fine, you know, for exercise. Honestly, we would not have any issue at all if people were at the beaches, as long as they were in their family group, their family unit, which they've been there with, they can be without masks. And if they're with anybody else, have a good social distance between them and wear your mask when you're near those guys. So then spinning forward now, I've heard you talking about turning some focus now to how we're going to get tourism restarted. What needs to happen now and what realistically will happen time-wise and logistics-wise to get tourism started? So they're working on um, some very advanced processes at the airport, which I will leave to um, those experts to describe a little bit more. But there, there are going to be... That's going to be an excellent process at the airport to keep us safe. And I hope people understand that we can do what I've described, which is get testing on the mainland. Getting testing will make the difference for us, but we will have a process at the airport whereby people who have gone the extra mile and got themselves cleared will race right through, no problem, safe. And if you haven't done that, it's going to be a very onerous process where you have to go through protocols and lots of screening and that will have a huge positive impact on our state and also believe me we're going to be very clear with people beforehand that if they go through that process they will be enjoying their vacation like good you know like kind of the travel with aloha spirit if they don't it could be nightmarish coming into the state you could face really long delays and i still think the end of that rainbow is getting a test honestly so uh, and I am working through the process. We have $50 million from the federal government. And I met, uh, I met with Dr. Redfield, who is the, is the, uh, the CEO of the, or, sorry, the head of the CDC, the head of the CDC, not the sixth guy, the head of the CDC. And <laughs> he straight up liked the idea because he understands what it means to be, in this case in America, an isolated destination with essentially no virus. And so... He, he said, look, each of your states, you guys have to decide what, how you want to use this money and how you want to um, protect yourself. So each state will have to put in their own testing protocols. They should still all have the same standard to stay alive. But the, the individual testing protocols, some people will need more tests. Some people may need more masks. Some people may, may need antibodies to know how many people in the background are positive. And some people may need processes at the airport to keep tourists out mm-hmm. unless, they're, unless they're proven negative. So I think um, that's that's where we are. And heck, I, I think it's a uh, it's an amazing thing to watch. It's not easy to do something for the first time, but in this particular case, it strikes me as absolutely the right thing to do. Okay, uh, Lieutenant Governor, we got something off the uh, off Facebook. Uh, one message, and this is just specific. They asked about bowling alleys. Are, are they okay? Can they go bowling? Uh, I think bowling alleys, bowling alleys are going to have to um, adhere. I think they would fall definitely into the medium risk category, which means okay. they should be able to open up. Okay. Uh, we want those kind of specifics to come out on the Gov's webpage. Mm. The, for these kind of specific businesses, the premise, the underlying premise is the same. Everyone has to be very serious about having their social distancing and masks. But after that, pretty safe. 
Yeah, that actually brings me then to another question that I had and, and some of our Kumu listeners also brought up with graduation season mm-hmm. right now. And I think I've heard General Hara uh, talk the other day about how those clusters of COVID-19 happen because of parties. Um, are you guys worried about that? And uh, do you have a message about that? Is there going to be added enforcement, et cetera? There has to be because graduation parties clearly fall into the high risk category. I'm sorry, people. I- I love graduation ceremonies and parties, but putting, you know, 130 people in close proximity under a small tent is going to cause extra risk. Graduation parties should not occur, at least not now. We should wait until we can move to a place where we have more confidence, and it would be better to delay graduation parties into the summer. I ask people to do that. If you do gather... No matter what, I'm not authorizing it or, or saying it's a good idea, but no matter what, everyone must be wearing a mask and, and keeping their distance. Or else, you know, the risk is that even if it's unlikely, an outbreak here or there sets us all back two or three weeks or a month. And these, these setbacks are really brutal economically, and they have not been life-threatening, thank goodness, for the most part, but, boy, they are massive economic setbacks. So. It's not worth having the party here at the end of May uh, and having a cluster of 15 cases necessitating some mayor to get on their high horse and shut it down. And you know that's what will happen. So I wouldn't do it. 94.7 Kumu Kokua, because Kumu cares. Kumu Kokua, our special guest, of course, uh, catching us up every every week on what's been going on, and there's a lot to cover. Yep. Uh, Lieutenant Governor Josh Green. We've been talking about a lot of tough issues this morning, but uh, also I think you've got some good news to share also, right, with uh, uh, some new uh, services that are being offered. Yes, well, thank you for that. The, um, the needs are out there. We have you know, forty or 50,000 people that are in between in some kind of limbo state between losing their health insurance and getting back to work. And so uh, Dr. Jim Ireland, who's just got a heart of gold, uh, came to me and said, maybe we ought to do a free clinic. And I said, yes. So we're going to call it the Aloha Free Clinic. We've already uh, set up a space. It's going to be on North King. I think it's the corner of North King and Gulick Street. I'll give people more updates as we get close. We'll open it on June 1st, so two weeks from now, essentially. And it'll just be a quick walk-in clinic so people can get their medications refilled or get a quick checkup or we can take care of their kid if they've got asthma. Basic stuff, real basic. We're not going to do pain pills. We're not going to do major surgery, but we're going to do the basics so people can come in for no money and get a little bit of free care as a bridge during the summer, so June, July, and August. So if people are interested, uh, they can send their ideas to Aloha Free Clinic at gmail.com, alohafreeclinic at gmail.com. We're already getting tons of volunteers. Oh, we know how we went to Samoa with our Hawaii Health Corps. Yeah, with the for the measles thing. Right, for the measles. So we're gonna we've already reached out to our Hawaii Health Corps and this is gonna be a domestic or an internal Hawaii mission. And our mission is gonna be to help people out who are going through hard times. Uh, some a donor already anonymously stepped up and has offered to cover the full rent. Of wow. the uh, of the building for the three months, which is just unbelievable. Another one uh, announced that they're going to help us buy the medical tables. I mean, we were obviously going to do it ourselves. No government money, no nothing, just donation, humanitarian work, and uh, volunteer doctors and nurses. And we're going to do some part some partnering. It's going to be with Hawaii Pacific University. That some of their nursing students and faculty are going to also participate. So, it should be wonderful. 
I'll give you more details as we go forward. But again, people should email alohafreeclinic at gmail.com if they want to be involved, if they want to set up a time where they can come and just be seen. Although I think we're going to do it as walk-ins if I had to guess. Because we want it to be very straightforward and simple. Give people a number, we help them out, and then they go home uh, or back to their lives. That's it. Wow. And how long are you expecting that uh, clinic to stay open? Uh, three months. I think it should be June, July, and August. Uh, there's reasons for that. One of them is that it's a uh, it's got to be a finite amount of time. Everyone's already quite busy, but the there's a period of time when people lose their insurance and when some of these deadlines came due. We will also have individuals there to help sign up people if they can get Medicaid. Uh, basically, 18,000 new people have already signed up for Medicaid just from the time that COVID broke out. I'm wow. Told. So, there's, you know, there are people struggling. We went from a very low unemployment rate to 30-plus percent, and that's going to come down. It's going to come down because we're starting to open the economy. But I'm timing this Aloha Free Clinic with uh, when businesses get going again, and, and we kind of have a nice jump start to the economy. So that's June 1st. I think it's a Monday. I'll be there to volunteer that first uh, for a good part of that first day. And um, so, you know, lots of lots of dear friends or doctors and nurses are going to help us. It should be great. Awesome. Uh, Lieutenant Governor, uh, one real quick question. I hate to kick a hornet's nest here, but I, I have to. In your opinion, this extension of the stay-at-home order uh, by the mayor yesterday until June 30th, how do we rectify that with the fact that malls are being opened, that you're recommending that we do this, uh, you know, uh, low to medium risk opening of businesses? How, how do we rectify those two things in our minds? It's making my brain melt. I don't know what to say. Okay. It's uh, it's it's an inconsistent message. Okay. Yes, people are. Let's be clear. There, you are safer at home. We're all safer at home. Can't get hit by cars. Can't get a virus up our nose. Can't, you know, can't be abducted by aliens from home. Mm-hmm. But you have to get out, and we have to do things. And people are going to go to restaurants. The key is we should open up our medium and low risk businesses, and people should go out in a safe, socially distanced way. That's. That's really what the order should be. I think what they're trying to, trying to, but maybe not successfully express is there will not be travel mm. going until at the end of June. And that clarification will get made in the coming days. Okay. I, I press myself just because I'm like everybody else. I, I also need a clear answer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I think that's where you're going to head. So okay. this is what people should expect. That by May 31st, most of the small and medium-risk business, low- and medium-risk businesses, will open, leaving only the really dangerous stuff, quote-unquote, I say dangerous, not because I'm worried about danger. I'm just saying that there's a higher risk of spread from big gatherings. And we will work through that, hopefully, as fast as possible. But meanwhile, most of the economy will open, and we need to set the protocols and the, and the process in place to begin to open safely to the mainland because it's only a matter of time before that happens. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's going to happen at some point. So let's do it safely. Let's do it with a a good standard where we essentially screen and and test people before, before they're off walking around Waikiki so that we can appreciate them and they can be safe. And that we don't want to, you know, have an animosity with, with our visitors. We can't Mm -hmm. have that. Mm -hmm. And then, we move forward. We can then continuously, every day, I will still be monitoring with lots of good people, the Department of Health and others, 
We'll be monitoring our total numbers and, and how our healthcare system is doing. So we can, you know, we can throttle down our tourist uh, industry if we had to. We can throttle down some of our rules if we have to be safer, but we'll be able to do that. We just got to get started because I, I simply don't want really good, solid middle-class people to be desperate and either hurt themselves or just plan to leave Hawaii because we're just not able to, to support their needs. Mm-hmm. And we have to we have to maintain what's best about Hawaii, which is our people. Sure. You know, I was talking with some people with the Hawaii Tourism Authority. They were talking about how we need to do a little bit of a, a cultural shift also. When we started to go into the shutdown, there was some animosity toward some of our visitors. Um, people were fearful about them bringing COVID-19 into the, into the islands. As we come back with tourism coming in, um, are you sensing, indeed, we're going to have to help um, our local residents make that shift back into welcoming visitors into the state? Absolutely. Well, you know, that's, that's one of the signature reasons that I'm, I'm saying we ought to have a, a test three days before people travel here. Because if we do that, then there should be no animosity. We will know that they themselves have embraced a, a, a stance of aloha for us when they come back. Mm. And it's not too much to ask. And actually, it's a positive thing. In many ways, that's as important to me, this idea that people know that, that people are respecting us by getting the test as it is that we are keeping the virus out. So they're both valuable. Yeah. So are you, are you getting important. some pushback on the privacy side, though? I mean, like in terms of uh, requiring that people, you know, get tested before or when they get here, are, are, are they talking about privacy issues? No, because it's no problem. If you don't want to get tested, you can go into a quarantine. Stay there mm. for two weeks. No problem. It, that's, just, that's just reality, you know. There's a uh, global pandemic where you would be violating other people's civil liberties to be safe and healthy. I'm not saying anything crazy like we heard here and there about tracking people or lojack. Those things actually are much more invasive. Following someone on their cell phone, knowing where they're going. That's where your civil liberties are actually in question. Getting a test and knowing that you you did a, a, a common prevention or an immunization, that's been going on for lifetimes. If you've traveled to Africa or South America, to avoid, you know, we did that to avoid people getting sick and then coming back with rare diseases. So that's common and standard. So people have a choice. They, they can choose when to come to Hawaii and choose whether or not they want to be in quarantine. Uh, those are possibilities that people are, are fully have the right to do. And if they want to, that's okay. Or they can wait out till COVID's done and then come to Hawaii. That would be fine, too. Oh, there's but that, too. Mm-hmm. I, mm-hmm. Yeah, but I don't, but because it's not, vacationing is not some kind of, like, civil right endowed to us by God or anything. Vacation <laughs> is chilling out when you're not at work. All right. Um, Lieutenant Governor, I know we only have you for a limited amount of time. Was there anything else that you wanted to add? No, I, you know, I'm sorry I wasn't more vocal about my frustration with the mayor. I wish I could express my frustration better with you. Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure people got that feeling from you that you're a little frustrated. Yeah. Sorry out there, guys. I'll try to be a little bit more, you know, angry next week so that you know that this is serious stuff. And look, everyone's doing their, you know, their best, I think. And I, but I I want you guys to speak up. It's important that everyone hear your voice because I do think, and Jamie wanted me to express this, I do think it's easy for those in a position where they still have their job 
and to make decisions without feeling the hurt that you're feeling. Mm-hmm. And I see it and, and feel it through my loved relatives and friends, and it's, um, it's got to end. So because we're safe, because we can open the state safely, we should. If it wasn't safe, we wouldn't. And then we would, of course, just use support and unemployment and, and grants and things to keep us alive. But now that it's safe, we should open for the good of all, and we will continue to monitor so that we, we don't take any extra risks. But thank you, everyone, for, for being so patient and so good. Please be safe going through this process as the kids graduate, whatever. Really socially distance and, and prevent spread. If you can at all, possibly do that, and we'll be okay. Awesome. Thank you so well, much. Lieutenant good. Governor Josh Green, uh, healthcare liaison for COVID-19 uh, here in Hawaii. Thank you so much for being with us for Kumukukua. We appreciate it. Take care, guys. You're great.